Utah's best sports radio is on the Zone Sports Network. Allow me to reintroduce myself. My name is... And it's time to kick off Utah's most listened to sports radio afternoon show. This is The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. Sponsored by Mountain America Credit Union. Guiding members forward for over 80 years. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Our next guests are the co-hosts of the very popular radio program entitled The Big Show. The Big Show. This is The Big Show. They call me Hollywood. Here come The Big Show. Big Show. show. Ladies and gentlemen, The Big Show. It's The Big Show. Everybody ready? It's Thirsty Thursday. Happy Thursday. Let's get rolling. This is The Big Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. It's the Big Show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5, 1280, The Zone. Thank you very much for making me a part, us a part of your Thursday. Austin, I just pulled a Gordon and just broke my headphones as, uh, of course, I just got them out. So there's that. Yeah, that just happened. Uh, a, a big snap. And uh, right at the beginning of the show, what a way to start the show. Uh Joining us now, safely social distancing from Casa de Monson's, the one, the only, blah, 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 Gordon Monson. Gordon, I need you to, to prop up the show for a second while I, I solve my headphone problem. Prop it up? You mean like what I do for four hours a day, every day? Five hours? Just prop it right up. You know, I'll tell you, when those headphones break like that, right when you're going on the air, it is frustrating. And I still have not gotten my headphones Gordon, let's not waste this. This is our chance to talk about Jake before he plugs in. <laughs> what do you hate most about Jake? This stupid hat he wears every day. <laughs> the driver's hat? Yes. The little, yeah, yeah. that and the cardigans. The, the cardigans are all right. It's just the, the, it matches. The, the hat, though, I think is like, come on, man. You don't have to be that weird. And what about the hippie shoes? Oh, hey, Jake. Uh? Hello, I'm here. I'm here. <laughs> what was going on? Gordon, how are you? Uh, we were just talking about how great you are. I still can't hear Gordon, so that's terrific. Mm. Hey, oh, I'm here. I, I heard you now. That's that's good. We're off to a roaring start. We were just complimenting you. I uh, I'm sure. I just pulled a Kyle Whittingham though. Uh, what he did at Pac-12 Media Day when I I just I, I pulled out my headphones. I went to put them on my head and snap. Here Done. here. Let's let's set that up properly. Hi, Coach. How are you? Okay, that's not funny. We're already... We're coach, all, how's it going? It's good to see you. We're already off to an interesting start. Do we really, How you doing, Coach? Do we really need to pull out the personal insults? A dream is a wish your heart makes, I, Coach. I've, I, I've got... I've what got, do you wish upon a star, Coach? <laughs> already got a random pair of headphones that, that uh, uh, I had to wipe down. You know, I know you're worried about me, but I did. I did wipe them down before you grabbed them. I I did wipe them down. I don't Uh, know which ones are they because I'm familiar with the very uh, the silver ones. I think yeah, they are the silver ones. The ones that stand up on their own. Oh man, those things have been just passed around. (laughs) I wiped them down, Gordon. Stop, stop trying. It's all right. It's not like there's a deadly virus going around. Yeah, right. (laughs) Oof. Have we reached a point where the coronavirus? I don't think humor in that mixes very well. I, I laughed. I don't think, you laughed at your own joke. Yep. I think it can. I, I, think, I don't laugh know. or cry. Which I, do you prefer? I, I think you know. I, I don't. You have to sometimes laugh at yourselves. You know, don't we all have to kind of laugh at our own situation sometimes? Yes, but laughing at tragedy seems, I don't know. I didn't list the number of deaths and then chuckle. Right. I mean, you know, Austin's bad luck really isn't all that funny, but yet it's really funny. Yeah, but that's his his bad luck isn't tragic. Correct. I, I, I get that. But, it, you know, I, I don't know. You're right, Gordon. Completely unfunny. No jokes allowed. I, I'm with you. Mm. Well, I think I have until like next month. My my headphones were guaranteed through two years of purchase. And I think that's I got a month more to go. So I have I have skull candies and I think they're like guaranteed for life or at least something. Mm, mm. I've I've traded them in before and I think you get some sort of value maybe on a new set or something like that. But 
Well, I would mention the the brand that I bought, but I I really don't want to necessarily disparage them because uh, they were they were they were probably overpriced and have not delivered the way I wanted them to. But but anyway, uh, well, of uh, course they were overpriced. You purchased them at the airport. <laughs> yeah, but the guy told and me Agrabah's headphones. No, no. <laughs> the guy told me that the, the the price was no higher there than it was because they were, this pricing was standardized, and he wouldn't lie to me. Would no, he? no. <laughs> I was on my way. To, it was I was on my way on vacation, and uh, and I want I wanted some headphones to take with me, and uh, so I was. He had me in a disadvantageous position there. No, I, I've... Okay, so I've been there. I've gotten to the airport and realized I don't have any headphones. But what normal people do is we go to stores <laughs> like that and buy the bare minimum because we're going to use them for the next three hours or whatever. And then we're, we're likely going to put them in a drawer somewhere and never use them again. No, but I nobody, knew that I was... Nobody sane buys headphones at the airport. Nobody goes into the airport and goes, <laughs> let me get a look at those top-of-the-line ones over there. Because if you're going to buy top-of-the-line headphones, you can get them at a much better... My guess is quality slash price somewhere else where they don't have you buy the short hairs. Mm. Well, I guess he had me, but uh, I, I, I was I thought I was happy about them because the performance was so good initially, but then they broke. So anyway, uh, so you've I, been there. That's that's no, what you're saying. I don't want to necessarily drag everyone through my my little mishap there but uh, we all have had that experience at one time or another where we buy something that that breaks i mean and th- that's frustrating because especially if you anticipate a really fine product like a brand new house well i i should say this since i did <laughs> how's uh, your house doing by the, the new one's great <laughs> i i should mention by the way since i didn't mention the 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 brand skull candy that uh, these have served me well for a Long, long You've time. You've had them many, many moons. Yeah. Are with, those the white those. ones? Yeah, they're the white ones. So. Yeah, those look nice. Yeah, they're they're good headphones, and they've served me well. And Skull Candy is a Utah company, which I kind of like, so, you know. Hey, now they're just foldable. They are foldable. They're more portable I could now. go with the DJ One Ear pretty well. <laughs> I could I could do that. Uh, but does, over- does, does foldable stuff work? Because I bought some foldable sunglasses, and I'm almost afraid to fold them because I'm afraid I'm going to break them. Have you you know you've seen my foldies right? You made fun of me for wearing them. It, Are those you, the you, the John Lennon ones? Are those the almost famous ones? <laughs> sort of, yeah. Did you see the Paul Schaefer? Did you see the uh, movie poster for Almost Famous when you watched it? Uh probably, but I don't really remember. Kate Hudson remember is, is wearing your glasses. Oh, uh, they're cool. They're, they they have. Uh, sort of a gold rim and 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 the blue uh, shades. It, yeah, they, I mean they're very. I get comments on it all the time when I wear those, but I'm just afraid they're 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 supposedly foldable. But I'm afraid to fold them up. So what good does it do to have fold something that's foldable that you're afraid to? execute what it's supposed to do because it might break now that doesn't make sense why we just leave our camping gear set up year-round in the basement we never fold that tent back down <laughs> now now wait a minute yeah but how do you take it wherever you're going if it's up i noticed you mentioned about those glasses you used the word comments and not the word compliments you know because those two things are are really different. quite different yeah so There's if somebody a, well, says wow gordon i really like those glasses that's a compliment. Now, if somebody says, boy, Gordon, those are some glasses, that's a comment. <laughs> Never seen anything like that before. <laughs> oh, no, 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 but it looks good on you. How about those glasses? Uh, oh, man. Yeah. Hey, no, I, I like those glasses. They're I've, good. I have a compliment for you guys. All right. Uh, right before the show began, uh, my daughter took a delivery and uh, the gentleman who was doing the delivery uh, said he, how much he likes our show. Oh, that's so, nice. That was nice. Yeah, thank you. I wish I'd, she'd gotten your name. But whoever you are out there, thank you. Appreciate you listening and appreciate uh, that you like it. Was it a singing telegram? Please say yes. I, I was not at the door. I I don't know. Meaning that it could have been? I uh, I try not to answer my own door. I, I, I have the butler back. do it. Um Let's let's play the game. What is this clue? The butler did it. Let's let's play the game. What did Gordon order? 
I didn't order anything. It wasn't for me. It was for my daughter. But you paid. She for ordered some. Yeah, exactly. No, no, no. I That's like, the way things work. I like here. the game better. What did Gordon order? I I, feel I have like... ordered stuff before, but what Let's should see. I order? What did Gordon order? Mm. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> bing, bing. <laughs> Man, let's just now say my mind is, is was, running wild. It here. wasn't toilet paper. Let's just let's let's put that there. Why not? Can you order toilet paper? Uh, you can yes, Amazon can pretty much anything. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah, they might be a, on backlog at the moment, but yeah, you it'll, know, it'll arrive in 2022. Well, see, that's what you don't want. You don't want to be ordering stuff and then have it after you order it say, uh, supply is gone. Uh, we'll get back with you in three or four weeks. Well, that's, yeah. you know, kind of how things are working at the moment. I don't know if you noticed, but uh, are you yeah. still in need of toilet paper? Because I, I happened over to a, a Costco yesterday and they had tons which i thought was yeah. a, was a good sign i i think we're we're at present in good shape in that regard but you know i still could you can't find bleach or cleaning products to save your life but i think there is some toilet paper out there in circulation so if you can't get cleaning products what are people using to clean the garden hose <laughs> just pressure wash it yeah you just put your thumb over the top of it and it, <laughs> the pressure is a little better I think you can improvise with uh, with some things. I mean, usually people have bleach on hand, right? You can turn that into like sanitizing soft on the skin. spray yeah. and that sort of thing. But... <laughs> By the way, they like when you buy those wipes when they are available. Is it okay to just handle them with your bare hand? Are you supposed to wear a glove? I I go with the bare hand on a daily basis right here at the studio. Do you? And okay. uh, I, I have not. These uh, are helpful tips for our listeners. You know? I, I mean, for listeners that have never cleaned anything a day in their life. <laughs> I mean, these 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 wipes have, have been operational for a long, long time. And trust me, every red-blooded American out there isn't slapping on some gloves to use some Clorox wipes. <laughs> Okay. Well, I, well, I've done it before. I don't want to make it sound like that. I'm uh, I've, I've my my approach here is virgin. I mean, I have yeah. I have right. done it because that's done a it question before. that somebody who's done it before asks. <laughs> no, but every time I do scrub things down, I wonder: is it okay for this to be all over my hand like that? So, anyway. <laughs> Do you need, like, one of those metal gauntlet gloves to, to use these? Oh, man, that's funny. That is funny. You know what else I like about this time of year? Since we're looking on the bright side of things, or at least trying to, you know what I love about this time of year? I love the green coming out on the trees. I love that. I love the way that you you changed the topic so abruptly and so, oh, I just, and so randomly. I just easy, Bob Ross. You know, you asking that question about Clorox wipes is the equivalent of somebody being like, "All right, so once I broom it into a pile, how do I get it into a garbage can? You know, do I put the garbage can down on its side, or do I just sweep it? You know, so spread it out quite a bit, or what do I do? What 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 what's the next step there?" Did I ever tell you about when I had to clean out those garbage cans uh, when I was a yes. kid growing yes, up? Yes, for crying out loud. This is how you one up <laughs> one of my fish yeah, story again. One up, you one up some story. Oh, he he one up my compost heap story. That's with, right. With the, the trash can. <laughs> well, since radio isn't linear, I'll go ahead and tell it oh. again. <laughs> how much so that you won't tell it? <laughs> my dad, my dad went fishing. And he caught a ton of fish, and he brought it home, and he cleaned it up in the side yard, and put all the the remains in the in the garbage, uh, thinking that the garbage folks were going to pick it up the next day. And then we went on a trip, and believe it was like in July, and it was you know a hundred degrees outside, and everything it stunk up the whole neighborhood. Oh, and my neighbors were really angry. About that. So we get back and my dad said, all right, get out there and clean that up. And I'm telling you, fellas, I mean, I have I've lived a rugged life in some. And I mean, I've, I've done dirty jobs before. <laughs> but this I, I think I, I blacked out for a second. I think I blacked out hmm. as I was cleaning out those uh, fish remains. 
after five days in 100-degree heat. All right. So I've done my fair share of cleaning, believe me. We that, was, that was a long time ago. My brother's got a funny story where he ticked off his neighbors. You want to hear this, Austin? Should I one-up Gordon on this? Please. <laughs> my, brother's, uh, my brother's old Ford Explorer had a bit of a, a mm, temperamental car alarm. And it would go off sometimes when you, you wouldn't expect it to. And he was out of town. I think he was in Phoenix or Vegas or something like that. And his car alarm would go off for five minutes every half an hour. Oh. And so. All around the clock, so not just daytime. The, his neighbors, after you know a couple of times, would call the police. The police would come. It would be off. They would leave. And then, of course. By the, you mean by the time they got there, it stopped? Right. And and they kept calling him, but he was sleeping or something and didn't answer, you know, of course. And this kept going until morning when the police just, uh, I can't remember, they dis, uh, they they disconnected his battery from the rest of the car or something like that. But, yeah, it was like all his neighbors didn't sleep at all. And his local precinct was inundated with uh, with calls throughout what, the night. What did they eventually do? That's what I'm saying. They disconnected the they disconnected the battery from and the that'll do it the, from the rest of the car. Apparently it did. Well that seems like not a good way to that then why have one at all if all you have to do is take the battery. Out. I don't know. The cops figured out a way to do it. I'm I'm not sure. Gordon? They That's can a open good stuff, story. You know? I don't think I can top that. <laughs> all right, let's move on. Uh, Austin you ever t- take off your neighbors? <clears throat> yeah. What'd you do? Oh, name the year. Pick what's your favorite year between eighty five and now. What was the worst of it? Uh, the the time that uh, I tried to break into my uh, best friend's house next door because I wanted to steal his Lego pirate ship, and so I got uh, a hair bear. What are they called? The little uh, the little uh, bobby pins, and straightened it out and tried to jack their uh, their uh, door handle off, and uh, it just broke everything and. Left little pieces of bobby pin in there, and when they came home from Disneyland, there it was, just jammed in the door there. Did you fess up? Oh, the next door neighbor saw me doing it and chased me oh. home, oh, and so okay. I was busted immediately. Right. Right. That's kind of funny, though. What else you want? How the folks react to that one? Oh, my my mom and dad. Yeah, not well. Not well. Not well. Uh, I did place a well well placed blame on the kid next door the other way. For teaching me that you could do that with a bobby pin, though. So, wow. So the the whole Mike from IT thing makes a lot of sense. <laughs> it was Lloyd. It was all Lloyd. All right, hey, Lloyd. Austin. Well, since I figure you're a good candidate for this kind of question, what's the worst punishment ever inflicted upon you? Uh, other than prison, um, I was a that joke. your parents was a joke. put put upon you. I don't. My my mom was really good at like physical labor as the punishment. <laughs> like okay, and, and nothing immediately jumps out in my mind. I do remember an entire summer chipping away at. Uh, they they were redoing the the backyard side of the house and uh, or adding on to it, and they didn't want to uh, waste all the bricks that had just come off the house. So they made me and my brother chain gang knock off the mortar off every single brick for that whole entire summer. That was that was a lot of fun. But that wasn't because well, I was in wow. trouble. That's just because they had me and they didn't want to do it. So, my, I, you know, all kinds of stuff. Whenever my, my my mom was really good at if okay, you don't want to go to church, well, that's fine. You can stay home. But when you when you're at home, church, home church is a lot longer and a lot more boring than church church, or school homeschool a lot longer and more boring than school school, and just made it okay. I'll take my medicine and go. Hmm. Any. Uh draconian punishments from your youth gordon i told you guys the worst one i ever had when i was young what are you doing because uh, my my dad my dad was coming yeah, my, i was what? trying to my run dad. out the rest of the clock here and now all right gordon. <laughs> my dad my dad didn't uh you know wasn't uh physical with any of the kids thankfully but i told you about the time he he, he uh grounded me from the tv for a month and that was that was how did that, you go that, on? Oh, look, fellas, when you're when Petticoat you're ten Junction? years older, I can't get Petticoat Junction for a whole month. <laughs> when you're ten years old and you can't watch TV, and you're growing up when I did, 
Oh, man. No cartoons on Saturday. No movies. No no Petticoat Junction. No what Adam 12. What am I going to do without about Steamboat the, Willie? And the Larry Ferrari <laughs> hour. <laughs> it was brutal. It was freaking How brutal. will I go on if I can't hear President Roosevelt's fireside chats? What was that? Uh, what was that movie back in the day when uh, they? The, uh, I, I don't remember. It was one of. The, it was kind of along the lines of Oklahoma, but that wasn't it. When uh, Mississippi, the, uh, when the when the, Missouri, the girls Iowa. at the dance got touched on the shoulder, and then they went. That meant it was time to go dance or whatever. Oh, that's Illinois. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, I remember my whole family was in the TV den watching, and I was stuck outside, so I, I wasn't allowed in. That that's that stuck with me. I thought that was fairly aggressive punishment. You that did? was when my dad came in, and I was playing Uncle Wiggly. Remember that? No. When I was playing Uncle Wiggly, and uh, and I was waiting for my dad to come in because I knew I was in trouble. And uh, there I am in the middle of Uncle Wiggly, and uh, he's his six foot six, two hundred ninety pound figure filled the door, and I knew I was in big, big trouble. And so that's that was the result of that. I ended up banned from the TV. Wow, brutal. What about the time uh, you hit your head, your sister in the head with a croquet ball? What was the punishment then? I didn't get punished for that. What about when you shot your mom with a cannon? <laughs> How about when you toss the entire day's worth of newspapers into the old river? <laughs> what about when you cheated at the Easter egg hunt? Yeah, I had my moments. <laughs> what about As when you kid. lost uh, what uh, uh, the boat motor that had to be worth five grand? Oh, oh, that was that was not good. Yeah. That was not good. We've For those of you who don't no, who, who no, don't know that story, that wasn't any we were just tell it. we were. We were pulling, we were pulling a smaller boat. Uh, I love your stories, boat. Gordon. Please tell another. And we had the outboard motor on the back of the smaller boat, which I had, uh, you know, I was sitting right there by the motor, and the and and it was it was a Johnson, and uh, the Johnson fell off the back of the boat into the water, in about. 30 feet of water and we dove down to try and find it but never could so i lost my johnson and it was uh it was you know a valuable valuable uh piece of machinery but never found it looked for it looked for it looked for it couldn't find it what nothing i'm just giving you room to operate the groin is pretty important <laughs> Come on. You guys have filthy. How do I do a show? How do I do a show with you guys? You know what? Let's talk uh, about Gordon some more coming up next, but let's let's make it his column <laughs> no. if we could. Let's talk so, about so something. it would it would yeah. keep it keep it on on um topic at very least well back then back in that no, day no, the no, outboard no, we motors it. we got it we there got are it. mercury's there were evan roods and there were johnson's and this one was a johnson so we, we we lost that one never to be found it's still there it's still there you know i don't think anybody cares about the brand of the motor that makes no difference to the story whatsoever Okay, but then there would be the joke there if he didn't. Right, the the, the pervy joke. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but you, you guys didn't even think of that. Uh-huh. I didn't even think of that. What is? You just, liar. You guys are bad. Shame on you. Shame on us. Agreed. All right, we'll talk about Gordon coming up next. His column <laughs> this time. Straight ahead on the big show, ninety-seven-five and twelve-eighty. The zone. This is Larry Ferrari. Join me Sunday morning at 9.30 right here on Channel 6 when we'll have all of your favorite music on the organ. Utah's most listened to sports radio afternoon show. This is The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. Sponsored by Mountain America Credit Union. Guiding members forward for over 80 years. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network.
Show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Band of the Day today, Stone Temple Pilots, selected by Gordon and brought to you by Live Nation Concerts. Buy concert tickets and get the latest tour news and artist inside at LiveNation.com. Shout out you to uh, Chad on Twitter that just sent in a really <laughs> hilarious tweet. I think we can read it. It says, uh, <clears throat> Johnson Fishing Rods. And it, the cut line on it, on the T-shirt, is it's easy to reel them in when you've got a big Johnson. You've got to give a little context to that before you just say it. I mean, <laughs> the, he tweeted in a tweet that says, apparently they made fishing rods as well as motors. Who knew? And, of course, it's a picture of the, the brand that used to be in tacky beach shops everywhere, a shirt, the big Johnson shirts that used to be out there. You need to oh give it some gosh. context, Gordon. I have have you never that. seen those shirts before? No. Are you not I, aware of those shirts? Have you no, been living in a, <laughs> in a bubble? And I, didn't look at the, I didn't look at the artwork. Holy right. cow. It was the whole the, the it was the whole brand. <laughs> Looks like the intro to Petticoat Junction. <laughs> Your silly joke that you've been saying on the big show for a decade now actually was preceded a decade before by that brand of shirt. How long is that shirt? Cuz first time I told that story on the air was in 1995, I think. Uh I bet those shirts have been around at least as long maybe longer. So for a good 25 years, huh? Well, let's see here. 35, what are 25, yeah. Shirt. Mm. Popular. <sighs> I know, I know. 1989, Gordon. Hmm. I'll be. Never. I've never seen that shirt, ever. You're the only one. But isn't that weird when you lose something like that? Think about that for a second. That Johnson is at the bottom of that that bay in 30 feet of water and it, it it has never moved from that spot that and it's it's still there and that happened probably i want to guess well probably around 19 i don't know early 70s you know have you ever lost something and what i mean it's somewhere oh, right an outboard motor no i've never lost one of those no but you've lost other things uh, Gordon, can we talk about your column? I yeah. I just enjoyed Chad's tweet, and I was going to tell him so. I didn't I didn't know we were going to so thoroughly break it down and then drag <laughs> us back into that story. So let, why don't okay. we why don't we talk about your column instead? Uh, okay. You wrote about uh, Coach Witt, the Utah program, and of course the draft coming up tonight. Yes, I did. Utah has done a fantastic job of. Well, what does Kyle Whittingham always talk about when he, when he talks about the key to winning in college football? He always says recruiting. He says the players who win the games. And I always thought that was admirable on his part that he said that because it's actually diminishing his role and uh, not really – he never says anything about what a great coach he is. But the coaches have to recognize the talent in the recruiting process and bring them aboard. And with the Utes, they haven't, uh, you know, it's not like they're Alabama pulling in all these four and five star recruits. And yet, when you look at their success in sending players to the NFL, it is very impressive. 32 players have been drafted in the last 10 years, and that's not including this time around. And this time around, they could have eight, nine players, maybe 10, maybe seven. I don't know. It depends on how it goes starting tonight. Uh, and so that could take the total up to 40, uh, more than 40. And, and that is a really good average when you look across, uh, you know, the, the marquee teams in college football. So they, the, that coaching staff does a, a, a remarkable job of recognizing talent that may not be four and five star but they see it for what it is and for what it can become and Kyle talked about that the other day a little bit projecting forward and that's what the Utes are so good at coaching guys up once they get them in the program understanding what their potential would be recognizing it reading the situation right and then building from there and I think that program deserves a whole lot of credit because they're on par with with some of the best teams in recent years uh, as far as sending players on. 
And I liked your column, Gordon. I thought it was good. Uh, people can check it out, sltrib.com. And just to kind of dive even further into it, I mean, there's there's so many nuanced reasons why uh, recruiting and development have been good at the University of Utah. The development part um, completely goes to culture and coaches. I, I think they deserve a lot of uh, a lot of credit for that, as you kind of alluded to there, and and in the column as well, uh, that they're being coached very well. But it also and, rec- and recognizing that that's a p- possibility because some guys you can coach up well, but they just don't won't make the great advance. And with the Utes, they so often do. Well, and I think the culture part comes in where they're able to coach up players that maybe weren't the most likely to be coachable. I mean, I, I, I do believe that they look for coachable players when they recruit, but I also believe that they're, the culture that they have from the seniors on down also encourages athletes to fall in line in kind of a make-it-or-break-it kind of way that is actually pretty healthy, if that makes yes. any sense. I, uh-huh. I And this gets me to the nuance when it comes to recruiting because that culture is a big part of it as well. Not only um, have they spotted diamonds in the rough, Gordon, but they've also taken gambles on – big-time recruits that maybe aren't going to USC or Oregon or whatever for various reasons and have been able to take them on and turn them into better students, people, and athletes because of that culture. Uh, I've said for example? This, well, I've said this for a while. One of Utah's only advantages in the Pac-12 is that they can get kids into school. It's, it's one of the only things that they can do better than pretty much every other school in the league. So when Devontae Booker, here's my example for you. When Devontae Booker has a, sketch, uh, a sketchy past, especially when it comes to academics, he, he was caught mm-hmm. forging his transcript and was having a tough time getting out of junior college. And Utah was able to take a, a gamble on him, despite behavioral issues and some issues, and say, we're going to bring you in, we're going to put you into our culture, and we're going to turn you into not only a better football player, which, of course, uh, we're talking about when it comes to the draft, but also a better student in person. And as a result, uh, Devontae Booker, who couldn't get into Oregon, who couldn't get into UCLA or USC, could get into Utah, and he turns out to be all Pac-12 academic, Gordon. He graduates all league academic, which is amazing. Not to mention he comes back for his senior year because he valued his degree, because he valued the education that he was getting at the University of Utah. That's a huge, huge success story for somebody who wouldn't have gotten the opportunity somewhere else. So you can put it, you can say, oh, they could just get into Utah. Anybody can get into Utah. But what the football program does is they take advantage of that advantage and make players into better humans and football players at the same time give them another opportunity and we've seen it not work right why am i going blank right now uh wide receiver browns had too many issues uh no no no. carrington i think was a success story yeah yeah. Uh, josh uh uh, norman yeah josh norman right no No, josh gordon josh gordon thank you i can't believe i blanked on it i couldn't think of the last name uh josh gordon who has had so many issues he spent a little time at utah it didn't work out and they knew when was appropriate to, you know, say, okay, enough's enough already. But I admire them for giving players, taking chances on players, and uh, turning them into success stories. I think it's great. I mean, look no so further Jake, than Devontae Booker, but there's a lot of other examples out there, too. What did detractors say about that? They say that the classes at Utah are easy, that they get a lot of help, but the classes are easy so these guys can matriculate. Do you believe that? Uh, maybe Utah's easier than other schools in the Pac-12. I mean, that shouldn't be uh, too controversial, but so what? I mean, that th- these are young people who are pursuing a degree. And I know we're talking about players that are going on to the NFL, but the majority of them won't. And they're preparing themselves for a future, which I believe that all our universities uh, across the Wasatch Front do very well, but including the University of Utah. So, I mean, should... Should they be judged that, oh, your academics aren't as good as UCLA? Well, if I'm at Utah, I'm going, well, yeah. And we're, we're, but we're churning out a lot of good young people, and we're getting a lot of folks' degrees. Look at their graduation rates. I mean, it's See, great. That's, a, that's great. That, that's that's a, good news. That's a really good point, Jake, because you can, go, you can take any one school, and within that school, you can find different th- p- uh, tracks for degrees that are easier than others. Right. 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 I mean, if you're going into engineering or whatever, chances are it's going to be a little more uh, academically strenuous 
than if you're going into what? Uh, I don't want to disparage anybody, but you can figure it out. That, 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 that is a part of it within one school. So if one school finds a way to help these, these guys along a little bit, chances are it's, okay, they might not end up as brainiacs, but they might end up as improved human beings. And they might end up with, obviously, if you if you graduate, then you have to organize your time. You have to be able to uh, show up at class and you have to be able to present some understanding of the material that's being presented. And there is value in that no matter what. And so for different levels, uh, I think there is room for sort of an expansive comparative track. And if Utah provides that opportunity for some guys, I don't have a problem with that. But some people look at it and say, oh, yeah, it's just you just get in there and then they just sweep you along, carry you along. And and then you get your degree and they're printing them out like like dollar bills, you know, and I I I guess I'll say this. There is some there is some room for there is some room for criticism there. But I think there's also room for praise. See, I think it would be a little bit different, too, if Kyle Whittingham was letting anybody into his football program and he had he had, um, you you know, multiple. I mean, a a vast number of things like arrests and behavioral issues and those sorts of things. But that's, you know, Utah is something that pumps pops up once in a while, but certainly. Uh, you know, far less than it could. I, I think it would be a little different if he the 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 culture of that football pro- program weren't being affected in uh, effective in young lives, right? right. If if yeah. they were just coming on campus doing whatever they wanted, and he was having a bunch of issues and was taking chances on guys, and then didn't have any intent in following up to help them along the way, I think that that would be a different story too. But in the case of Devontae Booker, and, and we we can get into more of this coming up next, but there's there's a bunch of of Utah success stories that came from high-risk backgrounds that totally turned out great, and it would be different if that high-risk player were not – uh, assimilated into the culture so seamlessly. Yeah, nothing wrong with giving guys chances, especially if they show that they're willing to do to step in the right direction. But now, right? but you got to help along the way. I mean, you can't mm-hmm. just just throw them into a bad, you know, environment and then say, "Well, good luck out there." I mean, you've got to provide, you know, or practice what you preach. And we're not suggesting that every player who's drafted by the NFL out of the youth program has any kind of checkered past or anything like that so there are some that that might be fit into this category but there are many others who the coaches recognized a talent that maybe was overlooked by some other programs and then they just flew from there absolutely coached them upright those guys worked their tails off to to fulfill their dream and that dream gets fulfilled tonight maybe for as many as nine or ten youths that's that's pretty cool all right, we'll get to more coming up next. Joining us now, however, he is our good friend Tom from the warehouse that's still out there hooking up and helping out our listeners. Tom, how are you, my friend? Good. Jake, Gordon, I've got to tell you that uh, our response last week was incredible. Awesome. Um, our customer, your audience, um, recognizes that we're, th- these times are crazy. There's no other way to put it. And um, a lot of people are recognizing that their kids are home. They need a new sofa. Their mattress is 15 years old. I've got to get rid of that germ-infested nastiness because I'm working out of my bed because i got to find a quiet place. So we had an incredible response last week. So I've decided to do the unprecedented for one more week. And I can only do it one more week because I have limited supply. This is the bed that we've sold for several months. King, split king, adjustable with all of the features, massage, USB, LED lights. I have two mattress choices to choose from. Instead of $2,900, I'm going to do it for $2,499. Now, I can say that, but I can only do 10 pieces, so that would be five beds. So this is a split king with a 13-inch gel-infused memory foam or a 
hybrid mattress, gel-infused hybrid mattress for $24.99. This is such a good deal, Gordon and Jake, that the the bases at our competitor across the street are $3,400, and the mattresses are $2,700 each side. Wow. So it's an incredible deal. Then let's just say you have a queen bed, and you want to add an, an adjustable feature, but you need to get rid of the nasty mattress. I have the queen head-up adjustable bed. This is a motorized bed with a queen mattress for only $4.99. Let's say you want the very best queen. I've got the, the home show special that was $34.99. We're going to do it for 1200 bucks. This is a head-up foot up all of the features with a 14 inch hybrid latex mattress incredible deal we're going to be here uh tonight till seven we're going to get make this deal good on the split king at 24.99 until they are gone we only have five beds and we have two very convenient locations in orem 86 east university parkway in salt lake 1967 south 300 west Come and see us, earthquake proof, boom. <laughs> very nice. Well done, Tom. Thank you very much, and look forward to having you on the show today. Thanks, guys. All right, 86 East University Parkway in Orem, 1967 South, 300 West in Salt Lake. Get out there, take advantage of it. Unseen deals from Tom at the warehouse. Go take him up on it. Tell him you heard it uh, on the big show on the Zone Sports Network, and trust me, he'll take great care of you. All right, we'll have more big show coming up next, 97.5 and 1280, The Zone. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Big thanks to our friends at RGS Exteriors. They will improve the curb appeal for your house with James Hardy Brickstone and Stucco Exteriors, along with Soffit Fascia and Rain Gutters. Check them out at rgsutahsiding.com. We've got what's going on coming up at the top of the 3 o'clock hour. We're going to get to some highlights from Joe Ingles, who is on with DJ and PK earlier this morning so uh, we look forward to that and uh, Gordon I'm glad Joe's still checking in every week I think that uh, I think that makes all jazz fans feel a little bit better well he has been he has been so good with that I think he's only missed a couple times in years of doing that show and yeah jazz fans do like to listen and they they find a way to uh, for appointment radio there and Joe has been absolutely uh, terrific uh, uh, from the beginning. But you're right, especially right now. And I've, I've been reading various columns, various essays by people saying how important sports is to, to, to folks. It, obviously, it's not life or death. And so much of what's going on with this virus and whatnot, it falls into that category. But man, is it is it nice? Does it improve the quality of your life to have various competitions in whatever sports you love and it, it it makes your life better it makes it more fun and i think this has underscored that in a major way also on the show coming up sam amick at the top of the four o'clock hour ty shelter our friend at 3 30 we'll talk some nfl with him and jordan pendleton is going to join the show at the top of the five o'clock hour uh he's trained a few of these prospects for the NFL draft, including Austin Lee, who we had on the, the, the show, what was that, two weeks ago, Austin? We had a fun interview with Austin. That was last week. But yeah, who, last week, yeah. you know, I, uh, seriously. Does today feel like Thursday? I know we Did it even happen, or did I yeah, dream it? I don't right. know. Uh, but Jordan will be a good person to talk to coming up at the top of the 5 o'clock hour. You know, uh, as we've as been well. talking about how the Utes have been putting players in the NFL, it's been kind of the opposite for BYU. I mean, they've had some stellar talents come through, like Fred Warner and uh, and a few others, but uh, kind of an opposite direction for BYU football in that regard. And I know what you're going to say, Jake. Go ahead, say it. No, I'm not. I'm not going to say it. But Doug Robinson didn't blame it on Independence Day. <laughs> if they were in yeah. the league, they'd. they'd I, be I, able I, to I think. It, well, I mean, maybe you, you can talk about the cause and effect here, but. Maybe uh, it would help them put players in the NFL if they recruited better athletes. 
You know, I I understand why BYU doesn't send as many athletes to the draft as, say, Utah does. I get that. Um, Utah can cast a, a much wider net um, from a recruiting standpoint. But with BYU, the the one that, that I don't get, and Hans, I know, has tweeted a lot about this, but why can't uh, BYU get O-linemen into the league anymore? You would think so. They they Man. haven't had an O-lineman drafted, Gordon, since 05. Scott Young in 2005. Yes. That seems mm-hmm. that is a long time to not have a player coming out of, out of that position group that used to be the rock of those Lavelle Edwards teams. I mean, yeah, they always were, had good O-lines. Yeah, they that was the quarterbacks got all the glory, but man, those guys up front, they're the ones who made it work. So that's that's the one that is kind of a red flag about BYU to me. I mean, maybe some people will point to the quarterbacks, but honestly, you know, Taysom Hill's in the league kind of as a quarterback. John Beck, I mean, was 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 good. Max Hall started some games in the NFL. I mean, they've gotten some talent over the past 20 years at quarterback, but the O-line one just leaves me scratching my head. Well, look at the defenders. They've played you know, Fred Warner and Kyle Van and Ziggy. I mean, they the, the, really that's, good some quali- that's some quality talent. They're just not in large enough numbers. Right. So, uh, and and BYU used to have some skilled players taken. Uh, don't get me wrong, and maybe that number has dipped a little bit. And you can you can point at that, but it's it's the O linemen. You should be able to recruit O linemen and D linemen to BYU, just like you should be able to recruit O linemen and D linemen to Utah. I mean, our, unless our, o, unless O linemen and D linemen. Don't want uh, some of the restrictions that they feel they'll face at BYU. So, do you think it's an honor code problem? Uh, well, it's a combination of things. I, the honor code gets in the way. I think uh, the academics at BYU get get in the way, um, and maybe the lack of success. And, and maybe you're right. Maybe to some extent, it is not being in a league. However, I'm not sure. What, do you think if, if BYU suddenly was in the Mountain West Conference, in a group of five conference, that their recruiting would automatically jump? I don't I'm know. Not sure that, I'm not I don't, sure I that don't, it would. I don't know how much of a, a problem independence has really been. I mean, I, I think rational minds can debate that. But there has been. The numbers have dipped since they've gone independent. Now, is that a direct cause of it, or is it other things? I think it's a coincidence. Oh, I see. I wouldn't I go as far as 100% coincidence, but I, I'm certainly not well, going to sit here and say that it's, but being it's the, the reason. But being in the Mountain West, would that really be a big draw? I, I, I'm, I'm not sure that it I would. I would think recruits want something to play for. I would. Well, yeah, but they get to look at the schedule this year, and they have, what, eight, seven, eight uh, P5 teams on that? that I mean, I that stands for something. You're going up. You're that, going though. up, but you're going up against a higher cut of athlete on average, and you're being able to play in certain venues that are pretty cool. Uh, that would be attractive to me if I were a star high school athlete. I would, I, I would rather do that than go play at Wyoming or go play at New Mexico. And, okay, let, yeah, I get what you're talking about. There are advantages to being in a conference for fans because they want to. If you lose a game or two early in the season, then it is nice to play for something well, beyond just week by week finding reasons. Even here's the thing, though: those games don't mean anything. And when you're playing for a conference title, at least, and you're playing at Wyoming, at least you're playing for something. Even well, you big, can't tell the players it doesn't mean anything. It means something to them. But even the big wins in independence have just drifted off because they didn't mean anything. I mean, how many people really— They do mean something. They do mean something. When, when what? BYU Outside goes, of field goods, when, what does it mean? Well, but that, but that's, that means something. When, when BYU goes in and beats, say, Tennessee, that, that means something. To the players, that's a big deal. When was the last I, time you actually thought about that game where Jamal Williams ran rough shot over Michigan State? I, I the players think about it. That's a that's a great memory for them to think that they did that. What especially when you compare it to going into Albuquerque and beating the Lobos? Or why don't you compare it to something like when BYU beat TCU in Fort Worth, basically for the conference title? But TCU's not there anymore. Yeah, you got Boise State, but, but and, you got, and, and you have an in-state rival with Utah State. But they, I mean, 
TCU and Utah aren't there anymore. But that's so not I, the point. I'm thinking philosophically, Gordon. There is a, a game with a conference on the line against a non-P5 team. Forget about the name of the team for a minute because that's where people get so bogged down. But well, I don't the, think they're the, getting bogged were, down. I think they're inc- looking at that as having carrying some meaning. But to those it. were incredible games. Those showdowns with TCU and TCU was not a blue blood program at the at the time. They were the well, best. It was a of, solid. They program. were the best of the G five, just like Boise State is now. The best of the G five. You can make an argument about San Diego State, the best of the G five, where if you play these teams who you have history with, with a conference title on the line, they make these G five opponents into really great football games. Well, I, I think that's true to some extent. I think that's part of the advantage of, of getting into a league again for that very reason. You've got, you are playing for a championship. You're playing for a trophy, and that means something. But I'm not sure that – I mean, when you look back and think about some of those weeks that BYU was playing – UNLV and playing Wyoming had some good teams here and there Uh, going into New Mexico. You know, it's just it wasn't that thrilling for the fans, I don't think. But what the fans loved was the winning and and some of the dominance that was going on when Lavelle Edwards was winning those 19 conference championships or whatever the total was. And putting a bunch of players in the NFL. Well, more than they are now, but they, but they had. You talked about when Utah that Utah has can cast a wider net than BYU. Back then, BYU was casting a pretty wide net. No, and they, now were, they were just getting net. more of the best LDS kids. I don't think their net was any wider. Well, I mean, okay, but I. That's part of what I'm saying, and they're not getting those LDS kids now because those kids have other options. Well, they're not getting all of them, and they had other options back then, too. Uh, not really. Not as much. Utah's program was down for a long, long time, and some football coaches around the country weren't too keen on the idea of guys leaving the program for two years to go on a mission. I mean, that, that wasn't exactly accepted on the on the whole. Uh, so uh, now that you know, look at what Stanford is coming into Utah and trying to take guys away. Alabama coming into Utah trying to take guys away. Uh, the word is out, and BYU doesn't have that advantage that it once did. Coming up next, we've got What's Going On. We'll play you the highlights from Joe Ingles' conversation with David and Pat this morning. Stay tuned, 97.5 and 1280 of The Zone.